Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to Flipping Dreams Podcast with your host, Heather Renee May. Each week, we bring you interviews and resources that will inspire you and encourage you. It's never too late to transform your past and empower your future. You are listening to Flipping Dreams. What happens when your dreams don't work out? Kate Summers is a New York Times bestselling author facing divorce in her 40s. She's up against a hard deadline to deliver her next book. She decides to rent an Airstream trailer in the Texas Hill Country to find inspiration. She discovers much more. While visiting one of the wineries on the Texas Wine Trail, she meets Zach, a medical doctor from the Northeast scouting for a winery to invest in. They decide to spend a week enjoying tastings together. Just as they are getting to know one another, he has to suddenly leave. Kate is left alone to finish the tastings and her book. The holidays are hard for Kate. She lost her mother two years ago. This cactus Christmas is prickly and sweet. She must heal her heart, reconnect with her estranged sister Lily, and find her way on her own. She has just a few months left before the end of the year. Will she finish her book in time? Will she ever meet Zach again? Will the timing ever be right? Find out this November, A Cactus Christmas, the Texas Wine Trail series. A delicious story of finding yourself again, second chances at love, and taking huge risks that pay off. Sign up today for pre-sale, special giveaways, book tour events, and much more at heatherreneemay.com. Hello, Flipping Dreamers. Welcome back. I'm super excited today to share with you this episode where I am interviewing Perry Wilson, one of the founding partners and manager of the Los Pinos Ranch Vineyard. And this is one of the wineries that is highlighted in the Cactus Christmas novel that's coming out October 15th. So um, I'm excited to share this interview with you. I chat with him about the winery, about uh, his flipping dreams to leave the career that he had before and to dive into the wonderful world of winemaking and selling. So um, anyway, stay tuned. And as always, you are listening to Flipping Dreams. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you um, because I was reading through all the materials. And I mean, so my characters and also myself, because I had to research, um, visited the Fredericksburg tasting room, mm, but now okay. I really want to come to Pittsburgh. There you go. So, yeah. Okay. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we could just start off and like, uh, <clears throat> let, tell me a little bit about like your journey. And I really want to hear about 
what got you into, I think you had a different career before you went into the uh, business of wine. So um, yeah, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your journey. Okay. Well, how, how long is the whole interview? Um, three hours. No, I'm kidding. It's, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I only have 175 slides to show you. So excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone strap in No, Um, so it's, uh, usually around 45 minutes to an hour. It just depends on where the conversation goes, but. Oh, all right. Well, I, I didn't know that it was going to be that long. So yeah, there's probably time to do whatever it is that we want or need to do. Um, awesome. uh, okay. Uh, let me wake up this morning. Um, yes. It's not I, that early. I've been up for quite a while, but I've got my coffee. Yeah, me too. Well, it turned out as a crazy day. We had, we were going to put our house on the market, but before we really got everything ready to go, the realtor called us and said, I got a cash buyer that wants to see it Thursday. And we're going, mm. oh, sh- uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so we've been scrambling around trying to pick stuff up and clean everything and get the pool ready and all that crap. That's what I was doing this morning. What a crazy market it is, right? You know, still. I know. It's like, well, if you're going to sell, this is the time. We, yeah, we own a a piece of property out on a lake near here and thought about building out there, but we need to sell this place first before we do. So, um, anyway. Does that mean you're going to be living like in an RV or something exciting? Like that? <laughs> That's what my wife probably we we've got a <laughs> we've got a class A, and she said, you know, we're going to be living in that thing for a year while they build a house. It's like I don't care. We got to have the money out of this house, so you know, it is what it is, and we'll there do what worse, we need to do. There are worse things, Perry. Oh, I know. I told <laughs> her. I said, you know, shoot, um, I wouldn't mind getting in the thing if we weren't kind of tied right now to the winery. Um, so tightly that get in and just go for a year or so and just see country part of Canada. Yeah. But anyway, that'll happen yeah. maybe hopefully one of these years before too long. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for you. Good luck. With, with well, thanks. And everything. Yeah. So, okay. So, so, so tell me about what you were doing before because, and how long you've been at Los Pinos, but what you were doing before you made the switch. Um, Okay, well, um, my career was in sales, which was kind of a happy accident, but I was selling computer hardware and software for almost 40 years. Um, The last 35 or so, we lived in Dallas, which is only about two hours from here. And we bought, actually the year before the winery opened, we bought a piece of property out here in the country for a weekend getaway and started coming out here at least a couple of times a month and um, the winery opened. And when you're out here in the middle of the woods in East Texas, I mean, you'll take any form of entertainment that uh, presents itself. So anyway, we started hanging out here at the winery a lot and uh, got to know the owner real well. It was just a, it was he and his wife and one employee at the time who is now our winemaker. He'd been here 20 years. Um, So you know, years go by and then, um, he was looking for investors because he kind of exhausted his money. And this is a relatively capital intensive business. Um, if you're growing, you always need more tanks, grapes, bottling line, building, you name it. Um, so we said, sure, about the, about that time we were looking around for something to do out here as a retirement gig. So, 
we looked at a building to buy and open a shop. We looked at a restaurant that was for sale. And about that time, uh, this opportunity came up and we thought, great, we love wine. It's out here. Perfect. So we, that was 2009. We invested um, and then kept basically doing what we were doing until I finally retired in 2017 and we're out here full time now and have been working at the winery since 2017. Awesome. That is great. So, um, uh, and are you happy with that transition? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how can this be bad? It's uh, yeah, we're doing well. We get to drink a lot of wine and it, it's, it's really interesting to get involved with the business because um, there's just so much to it between growing grapes, um, making the wine, the marketing aspect, which is kind of what I really enjoy. Um, so it's, it's been a great journey. Um, at some point before too long, I'd like to find, get somebody in to uh, start to take over more of the administration so we can jump in the motorhome and take off for a month or so. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated. Um, like this novel that I wrote, it's a series and the second book of the series is going to dig in more to the, the business side of the winemaking business in Texas. And so, mm-hmm. um, I may, I may get a hold of you and, uh, pick your brain a little bit about sure. some things as I research for that. It's, it's kind of a booming, um, business in Texas when, the winery was first uh, started. I think we, there were roughly 160 or 70 wineries in Texas, and now there are over 600. So, wow. yeah, I know it's uh, no it's exploding, and it and they're all over the state. There's, of course, most people think of Fredericksburg in the Hill Country because there is a large concentration of them down there, but um, they're literally all over the state, from El Paso to the Big Bend area to the coastal plains, East Texas, North Texas. You you can't panhandle. You can't get away from them. But but a lot of the wineries right um, get their grapes from the same regions, whether it's AVA or or the High Plain. Um, right. And so I'm curious about. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that with Los Pinos because you have 90% Texas grown grapes. Right. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, started early on. Okay, I'll, I'll back up just a bit. There's um, where we are in East Texas and most of South Texas and even the Hill Country to a certain extent um, has uh, can have issues with Pierce's disease. You know what that is? Mm-mm, no. It's um, it's a disease that affects the the plants and it's spread by a little insect, a glassy wing sharpshooter that feeds on the sap from the grapevines, which isn't necessarily a problem, but it's kind of like mosquitoes with the Zika virus. If they've bitten somebody that had the virus before and then they come bite you, you're likely to get sick. And that particular disease, um, it clogs up the, the capillaries um, of the of the vines, it got kind of dark here, my light went off. Um, It clogs up the capillaries of the vines and then they can't get nutrients from the roots and they die Mm -hmm. and there's no cure for it. Um, The only, well, there's something recently that happened but until the last year or so, um, your only option to be safe from it was to plant vines that are hybrids that are naturally resistant to pierces 
So out here in East Texas, we only grow two hybrids. It's Blanc de Bois and Black Spanish or Lenoir. And both of those varieties are resistant to pierces. It's never going to be a problem. Um, so for that reason, um, and the High Plains, by the way, is not bothered with pierces. Uh, so most of the vinifera grapes in Texas, in fact, like 75 plus percent of them are grown out in the High Plains out uh, around Lubbock area. Um, so the climate's nice out there. It's about 3,200 to 3,400 feet in elevation. It's really dry. So there's a big diurnal shift. As soon as the sun goes down, it can drop from 95 to 60 degrees. And the grapes like that cool evening time to rest and recover from the next hot day. So we, we started, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. We started, uh, Gosh, it was a few years into the Los Pinos journey. We, we funded one of the growers out there to plant um, a few acres of grapes. So we paid for trellis, grapevines, irrigation in return for a low, low price for 10 years for when the grapes started to uh, um mature and, and give a harvest because it takes, you know, three to four years after you plant them before you get your first big crop. Mm. Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of how we got started out there. And then through, uh, through him and um, it's a fairly tight knit group out there that were planting grapes back at that time, we started working with a couple of other growers and, you know, purchased grapes from them. And that's just evolved over the time. We work with about five growers now out there and a couple of other small vineyards around here that grow Blanc de Bois and Black Spanish. It seems like even though there's so many uh, wineries and, and there, it, it seems like the, the world has got to be pretty small, the Texas wine world, that right. like everyone knows everyone and, and yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. There, there's some of the new ones that I, you know, I hear about new ones every week that I never heard of those people before and they're they're brand new. There's a lot of startups, but yeah, it is a, it is a small world and Texas is a little unique in that the, the wineries and grape growers are part of the same organization. Um, because if you think about it, your business objectives are a little different. We want the best grapes we can get is at the cheapest price we can get. And they want to get the most they can get for their grapes. Um, but because it is small and we all uh, get along, it's, uh, it's worked out real well. And it is therefore kind of a tight knit group. That's awesome. That's really cool. Okay. So tell me a little bit about Pittsburgh and about, um, the tasting room, the restaurant there. And um, I'm really excited. The photos are gorgeous. I'm going to share links with everyone, but, um, so I'm excited to visit this year, but, uh, well, good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Pit Pittsburgh, Texas is, uh, uh, their claim to fame was it, it, used to be the home of Pilgrim's Pride Chicken, uh, which is a fairly large chicken producer. You know, you got Tyson's and Pilgrim's and um, a couple of others. But anyway, um, it was home to Bo Pilgrim, whose dad started that business way back. Um, and they sold out several years ago to another company. So they're still here. But if, if people have heard of Pittsburgh, that's usually because that's usually why. Um, it's a it's a community of about 4,500 people. So it's got a really cool little few blocks of old, you know, buildings downtown. 
um, such as it is. Um, and then we're out actually about four miles out in the country from Pittsburgh. Um, it was a, the original property was a horse ranch when um, our original owner bought, uh, bought it and turned it into a winery. Mm-hmm. So it had a barn, it had a house for him and his family, and it had a nice, uh, about 20 acres were cleared pasture land, which was uh, perfect for turning it into a vineyard. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so um, you have a restaurant there on site and then you right. do like private tastings or can people just like pop in for tastings? Yes. And yes, um, we have, a, <laughs> we have a, we have a restaurant. One of the, one of the things about being out in the country is you, you've got a, it's not like Fredericksburg, which you've been down there on 290. It's just winery, 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 winery. Mm-hmm. Um, out here, you got to be looking for us. So one of the reasons um, people look for us is we have a really good re- restaurant and um, in addition to the wine and the tours and things. So um the restaurant is open Thursday through Sunday in the evenings. We have live music every evening. Um, the food's great. We have wood-fired pizzas, tapas platters, and a full menu, chicken steaks, fish, um, dessert, salads, you name it. Um, so it's, it's really a fun place to come relax and hang out, enjoy some good wine, listen to some music, and eat some good food. So that's that, perfect. Yeah, that. Is, uh, okay. So, you know. and I saw if someone decided that they were having so much fun that they wanted to stay the night, you have cottages that they can we, rent. Right? We actually have one. At, oh, at one, one point we had a couple more. In fact, we're building a second one right now, but um, uh, we have one and our neighbors literally right next to the vineyard have three tiny houses, uh, relax and wind down that, um, they rent and then right around the corner down the little county road around the corner there's another one called lavender mermaid that has five cabins that they rent so there's you know there's about nine um eight or nine really close by and then there's a bunch of b&b's there's several lakes around here and a lot of people rent their weekend lake houses as airbnbs so there there are plenty of choices to stay hint hint to listeners sounds like a beautiful destination wedding spot (laughs) people well, that, up in their cottages <laughs> that too we just we just had one a couple of weeks ago oh great oh that's awesome um and i i was curious on my just on my behalf because of my rv have you joined harvest host or have you thought about <laughs> doing that we have not um we're thinking about it the my only hesitation is that um, our parking lot is right next to the restaurant and the winery. And um, if you don't have hookups, that means people are probably going to be running their generators. And uh, we have another area over at the edge of the vineyard where we have water and septic from a, uh, a home that was there at one point. So we want to put in about four RV pads back there because we do get requests like that all the time. Um, if it's dry, actually, there is a place but um, out in the vineyard that they can park. But if it's rainy or wet, the ground is too soft and we don't have another good place for them to park. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it is a, it is a neat um, uh, organization and benefit that we hope that one of these days before too long, we'll sign up with them. That's exciting. Yeah, I'll, I'll look out for that. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, um, in, in the novel, um, well, first of all, there are so many really fun titles, um, of your wines that, um, I had so much fun, but I couldn't put them all in the book. Um, I'm actually just going to pull up just a couple of the names, uh, that were in your like sheet that you sent me, like the, all my exes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, um Pinky, Pinky, Pinky Tuscandero. Mis- yeah. Yes. Rosie, the Riveter. I loved and Rosie the, the Riveter. Yeah. The labels are so fabulous. I just, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but the one that I, I highlight in the, in the novel is your Texican. And so maybe you right. should talk a little bit about that one. Um, and I will be happy to, I'll, I'll put a picture in here of it too. For the okay. Video, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Originally, um, we had a picture, a character on that label and um, it was called Super Texican, but that turned out to be um, kind of a popular Super Texican after Super Tuscan because it's a, <clears throat> it's a Sangiovese and Cabernet blend like a Super Tuscan wine. Um, turns out that a lot of wineries were using some variation of that name and um, <clears throat> one of them had trademarked it. So we had to kind of take a step back. We dropped the super and they were fine with that. Um, there's anyway, it was a slightly different name, but we settled on Texican and we have actually trademarked or, or copyrighted that one. So we don't run into the same issue again. That's um, got to be a, difficult. You've got like all these wineries that are trying to come up with inventive, interesting names for, yeah, the same yeah. kind of blends or whatever. So like, yeah. And, and you, and you probably picked up, there's a lot of Texas pride in Texas. And um, so yeah. anything, you know, kind of Texas related, yeah, you're quite likely to have somebody else try to use something very similar in the name. So um so yeah, it's actually become our, it's our most popular dry wine. We, we do about 25 varieties of wine all together now. About 10 of them are sweet and the others are all dry. A lot of single varietals and then um, some blends like the Texican is, is a good example. We do another Bordeaux blend called Collage um, and several other blends, but a lot of them are, are single varietals like Cabernet, Merlot, Malbec, uh, Sangiovese, Montepulciano, Tempranillo. We find that um, the grapes that grow in Spain and southern Italy uh, grow really well in West Texas. In fact, if you took a globe and kind of traced the latitude line from high plains in West Texas across to Europe, it'll pass through Spain and southern Italy. So the climates are not that different. We obviously don't have the, the uh, coastal uh, effect, but the high plains and the, the dry air and the big temperature swings um, day and night reasonably emulate the climate over there. Mm, that's, really, that's really interesting because um, I did notice there's a lot of Tempranillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was wondering about that. Yeah, early on, it was kind of as, you know, actually early on, everybody started planting most of the varieties that were, you know, popular in California, Cabernet, Merlot, um, maybe some Cab Franc. Um, They even tried Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, which are really cool weather grapes, not a good fit for Texas. 
So over time, they kind of, um, you know, gravitated uh, Tempranillo, Viognier. Uh, Cabernet does well here. It's actually pretty adaptive for regions all over the world. Um, or Sangiovese is another one uh, that has kind of become a signature Texas grape. That's interesting. So for listeners who are not in Texas or not able to travel to Texas right away, but are interested in trying out some of your wines, um, would they be able to sign up for your wine club for shipping? Is they that- can. We, we shipped a little over 40 states. Um, as you probably know, you have to be permitted in each state to ship um, and file paperwork and taxes and whatever. But um, yes, you can, you can, we can ship to those states and we also have an online store on our website. So you can order online um, without being a wine club member and, and ship to those same states. Great, great. But you won't find us. We don't distribute right now in any states outside of Texas to stores and restaurants. Um, we're about to sign up Louisiana, but uh, the online purchase or uh, wine club would be the two ways for most people to f- procure our wines from out of state. And if they want to go to your website, um, what is your URL for the website? It's www.lospinosranchvineyards.com. Kind of a mouthful, but L-O-S-P-I-N-O-S Ranch Vineyards with an S.com. We also have a um, Facebook page of the same name and uh, Instagram and Twitter that I think are called Los Pinos Winery on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Awesome. And I'll put all of the links in the show notes as well for this. Um, okay. So um, I'm also excited uh, to work with you and possibly do some uh, pairings of your Texican with the novel and maybe have nice. some uh, exciting giveaways or something. And I'm also starting to book dates in November for uh, the book tour uh, and okay. hoping to do a reading or some special event. Um, we've been kind of chatting a little bit back and forth about stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we can yeah. absolutely make that happen if you can get here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm in New York right. right now, but I'm <laughs> okay. making my way. I'm, I'm avoiding the hurricane season as much as possible. So I'm making yeah. my way South by East. <laughs> okay. Yep. So, but yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. And I also, um, as a side note, I did uh, apply for the Winsboro Wine oh. and Art Festival. So hopefully oh. if they have a booth available, hopefully I'll be able to, to be there, which would be really fun. Oh, good deal. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. We will absolutely be there too. We, um, as we talked before, we do a lot of festivals around Texas. We try to do as many as we can staff. I think one weekend in October this year, there's six festivals the same weekend that we've got covered, but that's, that's a new record. We've done, never done that many in the same weekend. Yeah. I'm realizing for a book launch, it's really a good time in Texas. Cause I, there's so many festivals going on, uh, in October and November that it's like, uh, it's pretty exciting. So yeah. 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 Spring and fall are the, the best times weather wise to be here. It's really beautiful. Most of the time then, you know, in the middle of the summer, yeah, you probably want to go somewhere farther North, um, in the middle of the winter, is hit and miss. Um, there's one little town south of here that has a wine festival in January. Um, 
January, February, I think it was February every year. And a lot of times the weather is damp and rainy and cold and people come out in droves to uh, buy wine and taste wine because not much else is going on that time of year here. <laughs> oh man, this, the diehards. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta yep. get your wine. I mean, really. Absolutely. <laughs> I can understand that. Um, so I was wondering, as you've been in the business for a little bit, um, do you, are there any, uh, gotcha moments or any advice? Like, um, part of my podcast, uh, I talk to people about their dreams and I know a lot of people have the dream of like writing their book. I'm sure that, that someone listening probably has thought in their mind, Oh, it'd be really cool to have a winery, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it, so, yeah. It, it absolutely is cool. It's a, you know, I, I think it's a fun business. A lot of it is, um, real work. Uh, most people don't realize that how much work you have to do in the vineyard, um, the whole growing season, pruning, trimming, um, weeding, all of that, um, watching for mildew mold. And then uh, also on the flip side over in the, in the winery itself, there's a whole lot of washing down and cleaning. And, you know, that is not the fun part of the business. The fun part is, um, drinking the the end product and telling people about it and sharing that with them that's that's the great part um, the other thing i would say if you're thinking about getting into the wine business um, you see a lot of uh, celebrities people who used to own companies and sold them that have uh, started their own wineries and there's a good reason for that it's because there's a ton of capital required especially well to start up and then if you do well and grow every time you turn around it's you know tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars here and there and and it can be kind of daunting so it's for a small winery it's typically not incredibly profitable and you have to have a lot of capital uh, access to it from somewhere to start up but but you know in in our case i think the rewards are definitely there it's a it's a fun business especially in texas um with the kind of tight-knit group here um and it's, it's great to share with people uh, that come out and discover your place and discover your wines. And it's, it's just fun. I think that, I mean, that's definitely, well, it's probably a reason why there's a lot of families that go in. Like some of the wineries have like three or four families that yeah. come together. We have, so, we yeah. have four, yeah. four yeah. families. Yeah. For exactly that reason. It's just um, over the years when we've needed more money, um, you can either go borrow it from the bank or you can, you know, take on partners, which is, uh, well, we did both actually. So, yeah. So that might be a, an, an interesting way to get come in. If you don't want to start from scratch, it might be an opportunity to invest in another winery and, and kind of understand it a little bit better before you branch off into your own, if that's what you want to do. Yep. Yeah, in our case, we definitely invested before we really understood it, but <laughs> that was a long time ago, and uh, we've learned a lot. Yeah, sometimes you just have to jump in, dive into the deep there you end. go. I mean, you know, yeah, and that's a very Texas thing, just to, like go all in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of covers everything uh, that I kind of wanted to share with listeners. Um I will, you know, share all the links and I'm obviously, as we start to, I'm going to be in touch with you, uh, separately. And then as we start to get closer to event dates, I'll be 
promoting that. And hopefully I'll get to uh, meet some listeners in person and do a reading and get to share my novel, which is just a really fun book with conversations as the wine is flowing in the book, the conversations flow between the two main characters. And it's just really fun. So um, that is good. I'm looking forward to reading your book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to have it out. Talk about diving into the deep end. I've never published before. And so this has been a whole education of starting a publishing company and doing, you know, going through it, getting the editors and doing all of the stuff that I need to do to, to make it the best possible book for now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, That's great, Heather. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. So, well, Perry, thank you so much for, for ta- talking to me on this podcast. And also it's just been a pleasure getting to know you. Um, same, same here, Heather. Yeah, and I'll- we look forward to meeting you in November. Yes. Yes. I'll be in touch and I'll be back in, in the great state of Texas, uh, hopefully by mid to late October. So to get okay. ready for everything. So yeah. Sounds good. Exciting. Awesome. Okay. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. You do the same, Heather. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Flipping Dreams. Please be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Flipping Dreams or at Heather Renee May. And please check out our website and sign up for our email list where you will get notifications on our weekly podcast and blog posts, as well as our monthly newsletter and much more. Be the first to know, sign up today. Thank you again, and we will see you next week here on Flipping Dreams.